Welcome back to another episode of Crush and Lemons. As always, my name is Ryan and I'll be your host each episode. As the old saying goes, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Here on Crush and Lemons, we're dedicated to sharing the inspirational stories of our guests each week who've persevered through life's challenges. On today's episode, our special guest is Hannah, and she's going to share a very personal story about an extended lemon moment that involved numerous deaths in her life back to back, and how she was able to overcome a downward spiral and follow her passion to become a teacher. And now it's time to sit back, relax, grab some lemonade, and join Hannah and I as we sit down and talk about how she's able to take her lemon moment and make her very own lemonade. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crush and Lemons. On today's episode, we have a super special guest, one of my really good friends from high school. And like always, to kick off the episode, I will let her introduce herself. All right. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, My name is Hannah, and I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I am a special education teacher. And um, Ryan and I, like he said, we've known each other since high school, and we've been pretty good friends since then. So it is very nice to be here. I I was just thinking the other day, it's crazy how long it's been since we've been in high school. I mean, at this point, we're both graduated. We're both out in the world trying to be adults. (laughs) Trying to be adults. (laughs) I mean, you're more of a real adult than I am. Let's be (laughs) let's be real about that. I teach middle school, so sometimes I honestly think I'm just a, like a middle schooler at heart. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. So let's just dive right in and kind of set the scene. And if you want to start talking about your lemon moment for all of our listeners. So uh, before I start my lemon moment, I just want to give a trigger warning to our listeners. Um, I'll be addressing some themes of death and suicide and mental illness. Um, so my lemon moment might stir up like one's past or present traumas. So I just want to make sure that those who have experience with those things um, are prepared for what's to come. Okay. So my lemon moment takes us all the way back to November of 2016. And it starts right after the presidential election when Donald Trump became president. And at that time, I thought Donald Trump becoming president was going to be the worst thing to happen out of that year. But I was very wrong. Um, Between November 2016 into the fall of 2017, I experienced a series of four deaths in three months and then two more as the year went on, Um, and my whole world just changed. So starting not long after the election, I remember getting a call from my sister when I was walking home from class, and she told me, or she informed me that um, Drew, who is my brother-in-law's younger brother, and he was an acquaintance of mine, um, that he had lost his battle to bipolar disorder and he committed suicide. And so I still remember, like I was walking home from class and I just could feel my heart, like just felt like it was, I was being squeezed in the heart. It was just awful to hear that. A few weeks after my sister informed me about Drew and we went to that funeral right before Thanksgiving, um, my grandma who had a long battle with lung cancer went into hospice. And at the time I was in classes. So I was trying to arrange to like move an exam, but I could leave early for Thanksgiving break and be able to say goodbye to my grandma before she died. And, um, I was never able to make it. Um, I didn't have time actually like that same day, that evening, I got a call. I was supposed to leave the next day and I got a call that she'd passed away. 
Um, and that just like destroyed me because she's been a big part of our life. She was the matriarch of our family. So it was very hard not being able to say goodbye to her. So then around Thanksgiving, I had another funeral to go to, but that's not where this ends. <laughs> right before Christmas of that year in December, a close family friend of ours died in a freak accident. Um, and so right, like, I think it was the day before Christmas or two days before Christmas, I ended up having to go to another funeral. So those three funerals, I tried very hard to hold it together because my loved ones were hurting a lot more than I was in those moments. And so I stayed strong and I kind of pushed down my feelings in order to be there for the people that I loved. But following those three deaths was the one that ended up hitting me the hardest because then in January, so starting the new year, one of my best friends, Cody, committed suicide. And I don't know if I'll ever fully heal from this. Cody had given me a lot of warning signs that they say that uh, people exhibit before committing suicide. And I had talked to him days leading up to his death. And so because of that, when I found out that he took his own life, I just instantly started like rethinking all of those conversations in my head, like rereading text messages. And I like honestly blamed myself a lot for his death because going back and looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh, he gave me all these warning signs and I didn't realize it until it was too late. And I know now that it's not my fault and I couldn't have stopped him. Um, but sometimes it's hard like not to push those feelings away. They still creep up even now, sometimes four years later. So that was just very hard. So with it from November to January, four people died and I had to go to four funerals. And after Cody's suicide, I like went into a huge downward spiral in my life. Um, I'm usually a very motivated person. I'm constantly busy, constantly working and striving for my goals. Ryan, you know me from high school. I'm competitive. I work hard and I'm always involved in things because that's just how I am. After Cody's suicide, um, I, for months, I would just... I would lay in bed for hours and do nothing. I started skipping classes. At the time I had worked two jobs and I was also volunteering as like a reading tutor. And I started finding excuses to not go or get people to cover my shifts for me because I just couldn't get myself to go to work. And then on top of that, I started experiencing severe headaches and migraines and I started having panic attacks. And I started partying and drinking pretty heavily like a lot of the days of the week, probably four or five days a week, I was just, I turned to drinking to kind of try to cope with my pain. And that drinking and partying ended up leading to making some really dumb decisions and hurting a lot of people who were really close to me. Um, and so as the months went on, then in the spring, we lost our family dog of 14 years, Sammy. And then going into the fall, my grandfather ended up passing away from a stroke. Um, so just Overall, my lemon moment in the span of one year, I experienced six deaths. I went to five funerals and then I started experiencing serious signs of mental health and alcohol abuse. I know you mentioned this was in college. Remind me, how old would you have been during this year of all of these deaths? Okay. Um, I, so it was my, the, my end of my senior year and going into my extra semester, which was my student teaching semester. So I was 21 years old at this time, going through all of this, which is just young. <laughs> that, that is definitely young. 
And for, I feel like for a lot of people, even at that age of life, they may not have experienced even five or six deaths in the, the 21 years of their entire life, let alone all of those in the span of one year. Yes, it was a very difficult thing. I definitely had not experienced anything like this in my life before. So when I got to this point, I just felt so just lost and alone and just I was in pain. Um, And I'd mentioned that I made a lot of stupid decisions in turn hurt the people around me. And it's because I was so focused on how much I was in pain that I was not paying attention to my surroundings or how I was affecting other people, or at the time, really how I was affecting my own life. I was skipping classes and I was also trying to call into work. And I just, I couldn't focus on anything else other than how much I was hurt by all of these things that had happened which again, um, repeating, I, I started getting panic attacks, which I'd never had before. And I, um, my whole life I've had like headaches, but these headaches I got were severe and even turned into migraines. And I actually, to this day, still get migraines. And up until I was 21 years old, I had never experienced a migraine before. So it was just a huge change in my life. Well, and I know like my sister also experiences migraines or she used to a lot more. And those can be very extreme and terrifying in themselves just because mm-hmm. of the way your body's reacting to it. Yes, it is awful. <laughs> so reflecting back on this year of multiple deaths, what would you say was kind of your lowest point for you throughout all of this? My lowest point, I mean, I, again, when Cody committed suicide, I went into this just constant spiral of blaming myself for his death. And, um, it just, it was so hard to get myself out of that dark hole of just constantly. I honestly, I like made sure that I had all of our old text messages that led up to before he died, like screenshotted and saved in case I accidentally deleted them. So I would be able to go back and read through them and keep thinking through like what I could have done differently. And that is a very vicious cycle to get into after somebody takes their own life. I I can see where trying to relive those moments leading up to his death, especially in the mindset of you thinking that it was your fault, which it definitely in no way was yours. Um, But I can see where that would be a cycle and could definitely lead you down a path of potential self-destruction and overthinking and kind of getting lost in that moment. I know you mentioned that a lot of these people that did pass were kind of some of your closest people in your life. Throughout this entire time, was there any individual who was kind of like your rock during all of this, or did it feel kind of like you were alone trying to face all of these hardships solo? Well, at the time, I I honestly, I felt so alone, but I wasn't really willing to realize that there were people around me. Um, the thing is, is that with all these deaths, I wasn't the only one experiencing them. Everybody in my family in some way was affected by these deaths and experienced these funerals with me. So in the long run, my family, I ended up growing a lot closer to them than I was before because we were all kind of on our own paths to healing after experiencing that many deaths at one time. And we all kind of empathized with each other and understood what we were going through. So it was really nice um, once I realized I wasn't alone to know that I had my family there, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, 
they were all there for me. And that was really good to, to have. I also, um, my roommate at the time, Megan and my best friend, Amanda, they are the ones who ended up getting the worst end of it for me. And those are the two people that I hurt the most because they were trying so hard to be there for me and to help me through this. And I was just in so much pain that I wasn't really accepting their help at the time. And I ended up really, really hurting my relationship with both of these women at the time. We are still friends and we still talk all the time. And it's great that they're still in my life. And I'm so grateful for these two every day because when I needed them the most, even if I didn't realize it, they were still there for me. And when I was hurting them, they were still there for me. I feel like having gone through this experience, it's kind of opened your eyes um, to realizing, even though, like you said, there were times where you felt completely alone. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to those moments in their life where they're going through challenges and they do feel like they're alone and no one's there. But coming out on the other side and kind of reflecting and having that revelation and realizing that you aren't alone is something that I feel like as people we need to remember, even though we may be struggling personally or trying to get through these difficult times, knowing that there are people in our lives who do care for us, who will be there to help us kind of get back up after situations like this. So it's nice to hear that after this time of experiencing it, and you you were still able to have those connections and those friendships in your life, even still today. Yes. <laughs> Reflecting back now, after kind of the the downward spiral and kind of the path of self-destruction slightly what was kind of most effective for you to realize hey maybe this isn't what i should be doing this could end up hurting myself as well so what was what kind of turned things around for you um to overcome kind of that downward spiral Great question. Um, there are actually two things in my life that kind of helped me to get out of that self-destructive spiral. And the first one was I ended up adopting my cat Luna or rescuing. I rescued my cat Luna. I, I lived alone. I was subleasing for that summer actually. So living alone was hard and I adopted my cat and I didn't realize at the time how much she would help me. But once I had a little fluffy thing like a living creature that I needed to take care of and love, I started realizing that I, I needed to take better care of myself and start loving myself more. The other thing is, I believe that my true calling is being a teacher. And I was going into my student teaching at that time. And I started realizing that I would never be able to forgive myself if I didn't get through my student teaching and achieve my goal of being a teacher because it is my life's purpose. And I still believe that to this day, even teaching in a pandemic where it is so hard and stressful all the time, I still want to do this at the end of the day because I love it. And so when I realized that I could never forgive myself if I didn't put all of my energy into that, then um, I, I started just like working really hard at my student teaching, writing my EdTPA and just doing everything I could to achieve that goal and graduate and get my teaching license and become a teacher. And once I had that drive and I was working towards my goal again, along with having my cat, it was like throwing a broken ladder down my like deep pit that I dug myself. And it was me putting my ladder back together and slowly starting to climb out of that pit. 
now I'm a full-blown middle school teacher. And I, yeah, I really love what I do. And I am so grateful that I was able to get that energy and find that drive to achieve my goal and pull myself out of that dark moment. I really love that analogy and kind of that visual that you were describing where kind of that path of self-destruction led you down kind of this dark hole in, in the ground and finding these resources in your life, specifically the the goal of wanting to finish your education and finish your student teaching and adopting another living creature um, kind of helps you put back together that ladder to allow yourself to overcome these obstacles and kind of climb out of that hole. I think that's a great way to kind of reflect and uh, describe how you were able to overcome some of those challenges. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone's path to healing is different. So of course, just achieving a goal or adopting an animal might not help everybody, but um, if you can find something similar, that broken ladder that you can put together and climb out of the hole, like that really helps on the path to healing. And I know I've talked about this with other guests before that the, like you just mentioned, everybody's kind of path and journey to self-healing is all unique and uh, individual to themselves. And one thing to remember is this stuff doesn't happen overnight. Whenever a person no. <laughs> goes through a traumatic experience, you need time to be able to grieve and go through that process of pain. And it's okay if it takes some people longer than others to kind of have that grieving process, as long as ultimately they can make those little steps one at a time. It doesn't have to be anything grand or extreme, but those those little steps to start kind of rebuilding that ladder and finding a way to pull themselves out of the that hole and potential destructive paths. Oh, definitely. I, it's been four years since this dark time in my life, and I am still trying to find ways to fully get out of that hole. I'm still working on my mental health constantly. I ended up getting diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And um, that has helped me a lot because now I have a name to this demon and I can um, kind of, I've done a lot of research and, and I've done a lot of trial and error as well. A lot of it is trial and error, trying to figure out what works best for me that's safe and healthy on my path to recovery. Um, so I guess at this point, Let's kind of transition our conversation and thinking about all these experiences you've went through, what would you say is kind of your lemonade that you were able to create out of this massive lemon moment? Well, first and foremost, getting diagnosed with an anxiety disorder in the long run actually helped me more than I would have realized. There's such a negative stigma around mental health, and I grew up with that negative stigma stigma in my household. And so I honestly, I, I like was afraid at first of this, but now, um, I realized I've kind I realized that I've had an anxiety disorder almost my whole life. And I never really knew it until I was in that dark pit and it was so severe that there was nothing else I could do. And I ended up learning a lot about myself, but yeah, having a name to what was wrong with me and, um, being able to find ways to recover from that and, figure out more about myself has been a really great process. And it's helped me a lot even now because we are in a pandemic and this is a huge trauma that everybody is going through is this virus has just stopped so many things in people's lives. And there's just so much that people have never experienced before. And so being able to learn about myself and what works for me um, with my anxiety, what helps me cope with it has been a really big help during this pandemic too, because 
at for a while. And every so often I even catch myself kind of falling back into that hole a little bit. There's days where you're down. Not every day is going to be good. Everybody has bad days, but because through this process, I've been able to learn what works for me. I am able to get out of those dark moments a lot quicker and it's just been really great. So first and foremost, I want to thank you as a teacher for being able to work through this pandemic that we've been living in. Um, I feel like teachers and healthcare workers are the, the big shining stars who have been able to kind of persevere through this and continue, especially like you mentioned, dealing with middle schoolers and trying to <laughs> transition stuff to some online learning. Um, I know in middle school, I would have been distracted beyond belief if I had oh, to do. learn in front of a screen. <laughs> you have no idea. Now with the kind of technology that's out there, middle schoolers are constantly distracted, but they also really need that connection and they want to be with their teachers. So even online, even when they're being distracted, like if they're there, that's enough. Mm. <laughs> So again, thank you for being thank one of those you. incredible <laughs> teachers who are keeping things moving along through all of these uncertain times. Um, but focusing back on kind of your lemonade, your lemon moment, reflecting back through all of this, is there any like single lesson or takeaway from this experience that you kind of incorporate into your daily life? Well, um, the what something that has really helped me with my anxiety and helped me heal is um, practicing gratefulness. Um, this is actually scientifically proven that if you focus on the positive and even just every day write down one thing that you are grateful for in the long run, you will feel a lot better, you'll feel a lot happier, and you'll be more positive in your life. So um, I started doing this a while ago where I just reflect on my day and think of a few things each day that are positive. Even if it's something as small as like, I got to pet my cat today. I pet my cat every day, but you know, one day that I have a bad day, if I'm petting my cat and that's my only positive, that's better than not having any positive. Um, and that has helped me a lot in my life. Something else I like to remind myself and something that I teach my students is, um, like what you can and cannot control. And like when Cody died, I would not have been able to control that decision that he made to take his own life. And it took me a while to get to the point to realize that I can't control what other people do. I can only control my own actions. And at that point in time in my life, I was, I was, it felt like I couldn't control my own actions. And once I realized Maybe when I realized that I needed to achieve my goal of being a teacher, I started being able to control my own actions again, control my own reactions to things and find a way out of it. So two things I want to mention in kind of response to that, um, which, which you made me think of. One of them is kind of like what you said, you can't necessarily control what happens. And one of my favorite kind of mindsets, mindset, whatever, one of my favorite uh, kind of philosophies is you can't necessarily control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to what happens to you. Um, so yes. I think kind of like what you were saying, that really fits in line with your thought process. Now, having gone through this is you're more mindful of how you react to what happens to you. And the second thing, when you were talking about kind of your 
gratefulness and reflecting on a day. What are you grateful for? Um, I've started to do something similar, but I actually do it to start my day. So I saw something on TikTok a while ago. I've been spending too much time on there. TikTok. Oh, um, man. <laughs> but I, I spend a lot of time on like the entrepreneurial inspirational side of TikTok rather than like funny cat videos. And one of the videos I saw was to start your day off, keep like a little notebook by your bed. And when you first get up in the morning, write down three things that you are thankful for in your life. After you've written that down, write down three things you want to accomplish in the day um, and just kind of keep that in the back of your mind as you're going throughout your day. Um, and then like the second step was before you do anything else, make your bed, because at that point you've already yes. accomplished one thing for the day. No matter what else you do, you've made your bed, you've accomplished something, you've set your goals for the day and you've reflected on what you're thankful for. And those little things can go a long way with your mindset and how the rest of your day can progress. 100%. I actually make my bed every single day. And if I don't make my bed, it will bother me and drive me crazy. So I make my bed every day. And that is a really good start to the day. I also start my day every day by taking care of my cats. I now have two cats because I adopted a new one this summer, um, Reggae, who's 10 years old. And that's a really great way for me to start my day is that I am doing a service to something else. I am, I am feeding my cats. I'm taking care of them first in my day. And that really helps me kind of put the right foot forward. So I, I think one of the things we can both agree on is having some kind of a routine to start and end your day to help to reflect on what you're grateful and thankful for can definitely increase kind of the positivity and uh, happy thoughts that you have in your life. 100%. So if, as we've kind of talked about your lemon moment, we've talked about some of your lemonade takeaways. If somebody else were going through a similar experience where maybe they've had a rapid number of deaths from close family and friends, is there any piece of advice that you would give them as they try to overcome um, the grieving process and onward to self-healing? Well, first and foremost, if you've experienced a loved one dying or committing suicide, no matter how much those thoughts of blame and regret race through your head, you need to know that it is not your fault and you would not have been able to, to control it or stop it. It is not on you. Um, and if you're someone who's experiencing pain and trauma and hopelessness or you are considering suicide or have attempted suicide, I need you to know that you were placed on this earth for a reason. Your life matters. You are important, and even if it doesn't feel like it. You have touched so many lives and so many people, and you are loved more than you know. So if you ever feel like you were alone, I had that same experience. I felt like I was alone and there was no one around me. But in the long run, there were actually I was surrounded by people that loved me and were trying to help me and take care of me. And I just wasn't ready to recognize that at the time. So in the long run, it's not your fault your life matters, take care of yourself. And for anybody who may be struggling or know friends or family who may be struggling, we'll put some information in the podcast description for like the suicide hotline and other resources um, to help you hopefully overcome if you or someone you know are struggling with thoughts of self-harm um, and things like that. Were there any other resources that you specifically found helpful as you were kind of 
going through your grieving process and ultimately on your path of self-healing? Um, well, I can't say that I went to therapy and it made everything better because when I was student teaching, um, student teaching is a full-time job that you don't get paid for. And so I had no money. Um, so I definitely, and I actually, I was also afraid to go to counseling and therapy and I still am a little afraid, but with the pandemic and a lot of these thoughts coming back up in my life, I have started to research more and consider doing that because I, I think it's time. And now I'm kind of coming to realize that I, I probably, it would help a lot more. Um, but in the long run, um, you just got to find what works best for you and what makes you feel good that is healthy and safe. So like a big thing that I am into is hiking and kayaking and just being outside. Um, I just feel so at peace and calm in nature. And so any chance that I get, I try to go hiking like on the weekends or I go camping and just being immersed in nature. It's just, it, it helps a lot and it's very calming. And also it's a way to just move your body and get some fresh air. And it's a great way to help yourself heal. I completely agree 100%. If anything, try to get out, get some fresh air. Like you said, immerse yourself in nature and those little things can really make a big difference when you're going through a grieving process and trying to overcome a struggle. First, thank you so much for agreeing to join me on this episode and sharing this very personal story. Um, I know before we kind of started things, you'd mentioned that some of these things you really haven't said in a public uh, atmosphere before. So thank you for feeling comfortable and trusting me to help kind of deliver this message to other people. And hopefully by sharing your story, we can also help others who may be dealing with similar situations. Thank you, Ryan. And second, if people wanted to kind of follow your story or connect with you, do you have any kind of social media or place that you would recommend them reaching out to you at if you're comfortable with that? Yes. Well, so I, I am a teacher. So my social media, um, all my accounts are very private and I, and I have to approve, um, like the people that I add, but you can look me up on Instagram and, um, you, it'd probably be best to send me a message before trying to friend me. Cause if I don't know who you are, I will say no. Um, but if you send me a message and you're trying to reach out because of this podcast, um, send me a message first and we, I can add you on Instagram. Um, so my Instagram handle is, um, Han Maria Sislo, which is my name. And like always, we will put info on Hannah's social media in our podcast description. So if you do want to connect with her, you can find that there easily. Um, and you can always reach out to me as well if you're ever looking to get in touch with any of our previous guests. And I can help assist with that process as well. Well, with that, once again, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know teaching is like two full jobs at once. Um, so, <laughs> it can be sometimes, yes. <laughs> so even the the little bit of time that we were able to get tonight to kind of talk through and share your story, um, thank you again for joining me. And I look forward to seeing how you continue to grow and uh, shape the future minds of America. Thank you, Ryan. As always, thanks for joining us for another episode of Crush and Lemons, and a big shout out to Hannah for sharing her story, which will hopefully help others who may be struggling with a similar situation. If you want to learn more about this podcast, check out our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Crush and Lemons, and send us a tweet with ideas for future episodes. 
And if you or someone you know would be interested in being one of our future guests, send us a note to crushitandlemons at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with someone you know and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming service you've listened to today. It really helps us grow. If you're dealing with your own lemon moment, just remember you're never alone. There's always other people out there who've gone through similar things. We look forward to sharing more stories with you in the future. In the meantime, keep an ear out for when our next episode drops and work to turn your lemon moments into your very own lemonade.